Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. The 60s brought the sexual revolution. Free love. Make love, not war. Yeah, Um, when you told me about a poster that you were about to quote, I thought you were going to say that one. I was thinking of the make love, not war. (laughs) Well, that was very popular. Like, wow, man, like if we could all just get together, just join hands, you know, and sing Kumbaya, like, uh, then there'd be no more war, man. Well, and when people would spout that stuff, it was very shallow because, first of all, most people can't define the word love in any biblical sense. Or understand that any freedom they have, they have as the result of wars. Yeah, yeah. And that's the second part. They don't understand war. Uh, and I am not in favor of war. I think war is horrible, the devastation it brings. But, but yeah. our country was founded based on a war. And well, slavery was, was freed in our country because of a war. So there are times when it's, I mean, I agree, most wars are over oil and land. And most wars are not good wars. But occasionally we've had some just ones. Well, and, you know, when Japan bombs Pearl Harbor, what are we going to do? Say, well, we're just, we're not into it. (laughs) Well, we can send them a bouquet of flowers and hope they don't bomb us again next month. Yeah, peace and love, peace and love. So that whole thing about make love, not war. One, they don't understand what real love is, because for most people, love is an emotional thing. And in that context of that saying, that poster and everything, make love, they're really talking about a sexual expression. Yeah, and the word peace doesn't mean anything, really. Hitler claimed he was about peace. You go and look at the early speeches of Hitler and the negotiations where they gave him back everything he wants. You do this and we'll have peace. Well, in the words of the great Edwin Starr, war, what is it good for? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to point that. I I can't hear that song without thinking, without seeing Jackie Chan in my mind. Yeah, with Rush Hour and all that. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> well, in the case of that composer, war was good for him getting some royalties on his music, Ooh, at least. Yeah, there you go. It worked see. for him. There you go. And I was kind of surprised to know that uh, that was one of like the songs that during the 9-11 attacks that was gone from radio. You couldn't play that song specifically. Oh, I had not heard that. I now, see, that. I don't believe in censorship. Yeah. I, I do believe he should have responded to 9-11, but yeah. not with crazy yeah. censorship. I gotcha. Now, talking about the sexual revolution, what this is, is it was really legitimizing sex outside of a monogamous heterosexual relationship, that is, marriage. And so it brought about the normalization. And again, as I said at the top of the show, it wasn't the invention of any of these things, but it was the normalization of it. It was the embrace of it. And so contraception became the norm, primarily the pill. And so you could go have sex with somebody and not worry about getting pregnant. And we should say contraception within marriage, there's nothing wrong with that. We're not saying that you can't use contraceptives. But But when it was used as a license and a freedom to go out and do something that the Bible forbids, that's another story. That was a big problem with that. And then public nudity became more common. Nude beaches and, and topless events and pornography just skyrocketed. And I've Well, you know, Jim, that stuff must have been important because during the great lockdown, churches were viewed as non-essential services and strip bars yeah, were allowed yeah. to stay open. So yeah, they must yeah. have been on to something. Hmm. Maybe somebody who was making the rules liked to frequent those establishments. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but it's certainly possible. Okay. And the Lolita Express. Hmm. Okay. And then in popular novels and films, Overt sexuality became very common, and we started having film ratings, and you had to really do something graphic to get an R rating as far as sex. Premarital sex became 
very accepted. Homosexuality started to kick in the door. And subsequently, the legalization of abortion because of all the promiscuity and people... And we should say that the legalization of abortion was sold 100% under the phrase contraception, and nobody even wanted to have a discussion about whether the unborn baby was alive. So if you were against abortion, you were against contraception. That's still the way they try to sell it. And And they're just hoping people will be too dumb to discern the difference. Yeah. One of the phrases that just flips my boat, I just made up a saying, uh, is when they talk about women's reproductive rights. No, no, they don't want to reproduce. (laughs) That's the whole point of of abortion. By the way, I... I I believe in women's uh, rights. I just believe they extend to baby women as well. Exactly. And by the way, this thought occurred to me, and I said something to somebody on Facebook about it, but when they opened the door to abortion by saying it's tissue and started using the word fetus and not a baby. And when they Even though the word fetus means baby anyway. Yeah. But when they dehumanized an unborn human, that set in motion the things that lead now to the rhetoric, there's no male, there's no female. If there's no humanness, then the next logical thing is, well, you're not necessarily male or female. And what's scary Uh, is that's what legitimized slavery, too. They tried to portray the African-American slaves as not being as human as everybody else, because the moment they admitted they were completely human, they were admitting that they Mm -hmm. had human rights. Yes. And of course, the Nazis were famous for doing that. The Jews were subhuman to the Nazis. Yeah. Anyone who was handicapped, all kinds of people were subhuman, and therefore, they didn't deserve to live. And gosh, that couldn't happen in our country, could it? Yeah, living in Germany, being blonde-haired and blue-eyed was better than a passport. Yeah. So we had that whole thing happen, and we have not recovered. In fact, it just spiraled out of control. Now, one of the significant things, you know, I mentioned Hugh Hefner, and I think he's one of the worst influences on our culture in history and how he made pornography acceptable. But Cosmopolitan Magazine was established in 1886 as a family magazine. But in 1965, Helen Gurley Brown, you remember her, a devout feminist, took over as the chief editor. And she changed it into a quote-unquote women's magazine with racy, contentious, sometimes offensive. In fact, for a while, Kroger supermarkets put brown paper bags on Cosmopolitan. Isn't that the one that Burt Reynolds became infamous for posing nude for? Wasn't that Cosmopolitan? It's such a joke because, for one thing, if men make women sexual objects, it's wrong. So why isn't it wrong if women make sexual objects? It's such a hypocrisy. And And uh, kind of an irony uh, for somebody with the name Gurley. I thought of that, too. I wasn't going to say it, but thank you for pointing, making the obvious obvious. (laughs) <laughs> Whole new definition to the term girly man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Arnold is offended. So um, He's just a girly man. <laughs> but the truth is it did a lot of damage. And, you know, I go through the supermarket, and the, and the magazine's always right there on at the cash register. And every month, it seems like, they've got an article in Cosmopolitan about 50 new ways to please your lover. And I'm thinking, come on, you can't do that 12 times a year. There's not that many... Techniques. <laughs> I have an imagination, but I can't. I can't yeah, and even Paul Simon only knew 50 ways to leave your lover. Leave your lover. There might Now, that might be true. But all of this stuff, and we're making light of something that's a very serious subject, because the sexual revolution 
is directly responsible for what we now deal with with child abuse, human trafficking, gender confusion. Uh, well, and in and our elementary schools, we now have institutionalized child abuse. Yes. and With these surgeries really, that they want to approve without even giving the parents any kind of notice, there are places where they're trying to do that. And that needs to be stopped. One of my friends that I saw at the banquet the other night, I talked about him, Mark Garazio, who is a freshman representative here in the state of Texas. He is one of the primary people pushing the parent school rights bills so that parents can choose where their kids will be educated and get the same benefits and credits that people do in public schools. And, yeah, and, and there was a time when people believed parents had that right instead of labeling them as terrorists for doing so. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob. <laughs>